This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm very happy to introduce you or reintroduce you all to um, a terrific journalist, and I know you've known Betty Rollin over the years, a former NBC correspondent. Betty has written many books. The memoirs, First You Cry, that actually was a television movie with uh, Mary Tyler Moore. And Last Wish, Betty's involved in um, some very important groups, End of Life Choices, Compassion and Choices. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because Betty writes many things and does incredibly well as a journalist. But she recently had a piece called How to Talk to a Widow in the Times, and everyone was talking about this piece. Were you prepared, Betty Rowland, for the reaction to this? You write important pieces all the time, and this touched a responsive chord, and people were talking about this everywhere, including me. (laughs) I was not prepared. How can you be prepared when there's so much going on in the world and in New York? And, you know, I just wrote about what was happening to me in life because I figured it was happening to other people, and that's my that's what my books are like that too. Um, and I just can't believe the reaction I'm getting to this piece. I'm, it's overwhelming because when I wrote books and got reactions, I mean, two of them were movies. That was very nice, but this the, the uh, technology wasn't what it is today. So I'm right. I've got about. 400 emails that I really feel I want to answer, Uh, not to mention, um, uh, and now it's apparently been published all over the world in the uh, International Times. So I'm kind of overwhelmed, and the letters are so moving. And they're from widows, and they're from widowers, and they're from people I went to grade school with, and they're from, you know, people I I don't know but um, should know. And it, it's, I mean, I'm really, I'm about to be 87, and I'm, I did not expect this kind of, I don't know, excitement, really. And, well, um, it's, and because it, you know, um, I lost my husband during the worst part of COVID, and there are. Oh, I'm so sorry. There oh. are. Thank you, Betty. There are statistics that you gave out. Eleven point four million widows in society today, and three point four widowers. So it's <laughs> a huge statistic, and there are things that one rarely thinks about or doesn't until it happens to you. This is is true. This is true. And who was even aware of widows? I mean, I certainly wasn't until I was one. And and there are many, I certainly didn't realize how many more 
uh, widows there were then widowers and you know when we were young the 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 deal was you married an older man because he would take care of you and exactly. because that's how it was that's just how life was then and I'm happy to say that's changing. That has changed, I would say. And so I think there won't be so many widows uh, in in the future. But uh, that is, you know, those numbers are going to change because everybody's going to be about the same age. But um, uh, it's uh, astonishing how many of us there are and how lonely a lot of us are and how... Of course, how poor some widows are. Well, that's very interesting that widows are more likely than married women to be poor. Absolutely. Did that surprise you in doing your research? That did not surprise me. That did not surprise me. It's not my own situation, uh, just fortunately, because I, you know, I sold books and movies. Right, and, and you're a career woman. And I am a career woman. And also, we didn't have children. And for several reasons, having to do with breast cancer and right, other health. things, but and being, and being old uh, when we married. But um, if you don't have children, you probably have more money than people who have children. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh-huh. So that isn't uh-huh. a reason not to have children, but it's it's just a fact. So, you know, I'm not in a bad situation that way, but many widows are in a bad situation that are. way. For sure. Right, and they don't remarry as often as men. And you That's point right. that out, that if a man is left alone there's a good chance he'll remarry and often marry younger women. And marry quickly. (laughs) Remarry quickly, I should say. Yeah, I mean, that's what men do, and that's what men can do much more easily than women. Uh, You know, they can can just start looking around again, and, and that's, of course, harder for women to do even today. I mean, there. I'm glad that something that, never existed when when we were young exists now which is are these i don't know what they they're called exactly but you know where you uh do a profile of yourself and and um i don't know it's funny i don't know the word for that category of thing but where you can meet somebody online and sometimes right. that works Very popular that works that can you know help that helps uh, i think it's better than you know uh, nothing because women are not invited well, to parties, especially. And anyway, today there are no more parties that I, you know, exactly because of the, the different COVID. The, from when we came of age, it was very different. There yeah. was a lot more entertaining, a lot of parties, a lot. It, our lives were um, very, very different. Certainly. And you point true. out that you married late in life or what would be considered today it wouldn't be so late you right. were 43 when you married ed right today yeah. it was like a mere slip of a girl yeah well it's true it wasn't so odd i mean i had been very briefly married before and but then i got cancer and thought if i don't i may not live long so i'm going to 
get out of this marriage, which Do wasn't too want. great. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, so, yes, uh, my marriage to Edward, I wasn't even expecting at all what I got. I mean, what I got was just something wonderful uh, from this man who was so, we were so very different. But it was just a great, lovely, you know, marriage that that uh, um, was just a, I don't know what to call it. It was it was a surprise, is what it was, because I really, my expectations about, you know, my relationships with men at, up to that point hadn't been that great, and and this this guy turned out to be just wonderful. My mother agreed. <laughs> well, that was a big deal, and he wasn't in your world. Not at he all. He was a math, a math person, a mathematician. Yeah. From the Midwest. And a brilliant and one. You were, yeah. But you and were I was, Miss New York. <laughs> I was well, and another thing I was was uh, couldn't have been uh, worse at, at at math and had always been. And so he wrote books that I couldn't read, uh, that nobody I, I knew could read. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was, and he told me. At the beginning, don't worry about it. Just we'll talk about other things, which is what we did. And, right. Uh, and yeah. he, he was a very unusual man because you had many, many uh, terrific years together. But when he ended up getting sick, he really like seized the moment where we're going to take whatever time we have and try to be as happy as we can. And that's exactly what he said to me when we walked home from the doctor. And it turns out they had missed the cancer that was there. Uh, And so it was extra awful (laughs) that he was about, they gave him, they they tell you very straight nowadays, they they said two years, which was turned out to be exactly right. And he just said, let's not, Let's not be angry. Let's be as happy as we can. And, so you know, Ed, Ed, Ed was just the kind of person who could, who could pull that off, and much better than I. I mean, uh, I was acting a bit during the two years. But he, was, he, he, wrote, a, he wrote a math book as he was dying, which has just been published. Uh, I mean, who does that? So, you know, this was an unusual guy, and it made him all the harder to lose. And you you said, or I think I read it, that you have no right to sadness and no right to misery. And I think it was because obviously you look around and we live in this complicated world today. But yes. you do have a right to sadness in my terms. <laughs> you had a, a very good life together, an important life. And when that's taken away, even the best adjusted person, it's incredibly painful. And it is sad because you've lost a piece of yourself. Well, Joan, it's sad, but after all, I'm old. And and this happens to people who are far younger. And it happens to people Uh who have had far less good lives. And it happens to people who are in 
terrible straits, which I'm not. I have wonderful friends. Uh, I mean, you know, some of them, some of them kind of disappeared, but most of them did not. And um, mm-hmm. I consider myself lucky. I don't feel lucky. I, I have to be honest. I don't. I mean, nothing is really going to make me happy, in, in quotes, anymore. Well, but but at I this do moment, feel, you don't know really. Well, I guess not. It's been. It's been a while, though, and I, I, um, I mean, that's the price paid for losing something that was that wonderful. But I don't for a minute feel sorry for myself. How can I feel sorry for myself? I watch, I, I used to be a news correspondent, and so I watch the news a lot. Yeah, a lot and, of bad uh, stuff. Oh, my. I mean, how people are suffering. Am I going to be complain about, you know, being a widow at, 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 at my age or, you know, given what I had and what I still have. So I don't feel sorry for myself, but that doesn't mean I'm, I don't feel sorry for a lot of other widows. Um, and I, I do because it's, the world is not kind to widows, especially, um, and even sometimes, I mean, I do, the difference, a big difference is not having children, of course, but the children aren't always around. They live in different places. and Yeah, and they're not always, uh, you know, great devoted. children to their mothers at this stage of life. And, and so that doesn't, that certainly in most cases makes it, a bit, at least a bit easier, though. But that when wasn't my you lost, When you lost Ed, and as uh, the time went by, were you lonely, or did you pick up as best you could your life? That's an awfully good question, lonely. Lonely hit me right away. Because we were such friends, my husband and I, we were talking to each other all the time, except when he was doing mathematics, of course, which was sacred time. I would right. never dare say a word while he was sitting in there doing his numbers. But otherwise, he was my everything. I mean, in terms of the close, the person closest to me in my life. So... Yeah, I felt lonely kind of right away. And um and that hasn't really gone away even though my friends are wonderful and even though I continue to see my friends. I'm in the middle of New York, they're nearby. Uh and I zoom. I'm crazy about Zoom as a way of right. just getting together with people. People nobody I don't know anybody who does that uh, but but me. It just have you know, I have in a sense and Ed and I were doing that while he was dying. We had dinner with people without dinner. In other words, right. we'd, we'd Zoom, and there'd be just the four of us, and now it's the three of us, and we have a wonderful conversation, and, you know, the hour's up, and then we go off to our, to our dinners. Uh, but we, it's, it's been an intimate uh, meeting, you know, unlike, I mean, Zoom, you, people usually think of big meetings, but... These are these are get-togethers, and yeah, I love it. <laughs> and and just use it. So it's what I hear from my friends who are alone is that the loneliness 
is what gets to them. I mean, you know, you live in New York if you do live in New York, and there's something every minute if you want to go for it. Yeah, but who wants to go for something every exactly. minute anymore? I mean, first of all, it's still scary, and a lot of there are a lot of people who've removed their masks, which they shouldn't, and which I yeah. certainly haven't done. Um, and uh, you know, you have to you have to be careful. And anyway, probably you don't feel all that great to want to be hopping around. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm quite lucky at. at I'm about to be 87, and I don't have too many diseases, but I have a few. <laughs> you know, I have arthritis and this and that and the other thing. Normal, right. And, and um, you know, that keeps you from being too social. And so it's, um, uh, it's, it's, there's a loneliness. And as I say, I was particularly uh, uh, chatty with my husband, and I just miss... I miss his conversation, which was great, and he was also funny, which I loved. I mean, it was we laughed a lot, and right. you know, I miss and, that. And that's and that's a gift. Do people ask you after he had been gone for a couple of months or a year whether you're interested in meeting other men? They were smart enough not to do that. I mean. It, you know they are they have done that in the it's now two years a little over, so I've had some of that recently um but not much of it. I think they get it that um, that that is not where I'm headed and and um I mean the problem was you know if 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 my husband were were not such a great guy. Maybe I'd feel differently, but I don't see anybody around who in any Replacing. way could, yeah. And I don't want to get involved with some guy and then be, uh, you know, grouchy uh, because he's not as nice as my husband who died. I, you know, nice mm -hmm. isn't the word, but I'm sure yeah. you won't get what I'm talking about. And um, so, no, but I, you know, I certainly think that's a great thing to do if you can find somebody else who, who uh, you know, is a, a great person and you, who you want to spend what's left of your life with, wonderful. I'm, I mean, what a good thing to do, but not many women do that. No, and, or, or even want to do that. Or even want to. I think, I think there are many who do want to, uh, uh, but who can't, and who, don't, who just don't do it, not available to them. But as I say, these, uh, you know, ways of meeting people, I think that's great for everybody who wants to do that. Yeah, um, they can go online today. And yeah. and I know people who have met people just by doing that. Absolutely. If that's what they choose. I love when you wrote, I'm talking to Betty Rollin, who wrote a piece recently in The Times about being a widow. But I love when you talk about how your Christian friends, after Ed passed away, send flowers. Your Jewish friends send food. Food is better. And <laughs> I got a kick out of that. that. That's my closing line. I mean, I must say, that, that's everybody's favorite line. And I have to tell you, Jonah, hilarious thing that happened two days ago is that two Christian, a Christian couple 
sent me a huge box of food. Friends? Friends. Right. Uh, sent me a huge box. I, I mean, it's embarrassing. From Harry and David with so much food, enough for, I mean, remember, I'm mm. alone. So I've been, I've been, you know, giving it away. But it was very funny of them to do that. I mean, they they they're given that they're Christian, and I just insulted them by saying they they sent flowers and they 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 wanted it to be known that they no we're Christians but we're here we're sending you food. That's funny. It was very I know, and very welcome. Well, I think you've got another book because of the great interest in this. Every I'm telling you, I know more people who are widowed now. It was, I never thought about it till it happened to me. And then I looked around and yeah. there are groups of women everywhere. It's true. Yeah. And they're sad and they're sadder than they need to be. You know, then they're sadder than they should be. And, um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it, I wouldn't have specially noticed, although, you know, something I think I did notice. I, I did, I, I feel that I was good to my widow friends because I had been alone a lot in my life. I mean, I hadn't married even the first time till I was 36, and then uh-huh. that was brief, and then again. But, you know, I, I understand what it feels like to be alone, and I like to think that I paid more there. attention to my widow friends, yeah. But, um, uh, no, I'm happy I, I I wrote that. And it was, I mean, the Times wasn't really, I certainly didn't expect them to make, you know, place it so wonderfully and all of that. And, um, you know, I've just heard from, I can't, I'm just overwhelmed by the reaction, really. Yeah. So. Well, it was a really important piece, and it gave us all food for thought, and people have been talking about it. So I'm telling you, there's your next book, unless you're already working on something. No, Because, (laughs) you know, you're independent. You've always lived your life, even with a very good marriage. And there are a lot of people who live as a wife, even today. And when that's taken away... It's like floundering in deep water and you don't know how to swim. True. And it's, you, you have to learn it, which sounds very hard, but it's definitely part of the learning process. And as you point out, you, you've got to pick yourself up in many ways and try to make the sadness go away and live yeah. your life. Absolutely. You have to be a good sport about it, whether you feel like a good sport or not. I mean, you really do just for your own survival in this in the world that you're now living in without that husband. You have to do it. And, you know, we all try our best, but we falter and we need our friends to stick with us, you know, without uh, I mean, they have their lives and they have their problems. And I think that's very important for for widows to realize that our friends, if they're if they're not being perfect friends, are going through something too, because we're all going through something nowadays. Right. It's just a it's a really kind of a a sad moment in our right. in our in our history. But um, we have to be even nicer to each other, I think, than 
than we may feel like being. Right. And be there. And another one, uh, just the other night at dinner, was it said to me, if you're home alone and I don't want to go out every single night, you know, it's a little much. And she said, I find that if I'm home alone, I don't eat. Oh. And I said, what does that mean? She said, well, I'll pick at something. Or if there are cookies in the house, I'll have cookies. But I don't make myself a dinner. Uh-oh. Where, you know, where we always Uh-oh. sat down at the table and had dinner. And one of the things I did if I'm home, I have a dinner and I make myself sit down at a table, you know, and set the table with napkins the whole bit and eat the dinner. Me too. That's a you, very sensible thing to do. It's important, of course, for all the obvious reasons. But yes, and what I also do... I mean, this is questionable, this part of it, but I, I do watch the news while I'm eating, which isn't yeah. really it's probably okay. a great idea, but it's better than a soundless room. No, no, I agree. You know, uh, if, if nobody's there. And um, no, I mean, we we do the best we can, but um, we, uh, we need to be recognized as kind of a larger group and exactly. uh, then then people realized so i'm glad i i'm glad i i um, made some noise about it all right well you did good and i look forward to the next good thank you betty i appreciate you taking the time oh thank you joan for giving me the time anytime betty rollin a former NBC News correspondent, Betty's written many books, including First You Cry, actually a big television movie with Mary Tyler Moore, and Last Wish. Thank you guys for sharing, Betty. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC.